So the Cassinian Blossom comes from another galaxy? And she's the one who sent that vicious vine vamp before? That's right. The Cassinian Blossom is one of the most dangerous creatures in the universe. A most wicked weed indeed. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where usually we sit down every week to watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime with a friend and talk about why we love it so much. But this is the second part of our special two-part review of Sailor Moon R, the movie The Promise of the Rose. Yeah. And to help us talk about that, we have a very special guest. Uh, she is my co-host on Xena Warrior Business. Allison Stock is here. Hi, Allie. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Glad to be back. Thanks for having me again. We're happy to have you here. Sorry, everybody. Aiden just brought me a cookie. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Will someone bring me a cookie? I'll mute these mouth sounds real quick. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Some people are really into the ASMR Chewy mouth, like I'm sure. <laughs> sure. YouTube search ASMR. I don't think anybody is into sound. the sound of me eating a cookie directly into a microphone. You never know. You, I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen ASMR mouth sounds chewing oh, on. If you guys are into that sound, uh, write into us at Sailor Business Podcast. <laughs> at Listen, Gmail. if that's if that's what it takes to get Patreon, we will put. <laughs> I'll eat cookies into the microphone, and you can get it for five dollars a month. <laughs> So just to just to uh, just to make sure people are uh, have long memories that last more than a week and uh, stuff like that, I'll just summarize where we are is uh, in this movie when we left was there was this alien boy who, when he was very young, met Darian and Darian gave him a rose. And then the alien left saying, I'll be back when I can find a flower awesome enough for me to give you. That boy shows up in the present. With some killer alien flowers. They're actually killing people. It's not just like a cool style. Like, oh, he's killing it with his flower. Like, he's actually <laughs> killing people. I mean, deadly alien flowers who are <laughs> sapping energy from people. One of those flowers had a fight with the Sailor Scouts. The Sailor Scouts defeated the flower. But this this boy, Fiore, or this man, Fiore, now. Fiore. No, it's Fiore. Yes, but when he's a man, he's like Guy Fieri. <laughs> okay. Or it's pronounced Fieri, as Guy Fieri has actually said many times, but no one seems to listen to him. Colm Fiore uh, <laughs> tries to kill Sailor Moon out of jealousy, but Tuxedo Mask jumps in front of it, gets impaled by his five long fingernails. Again. Again. <laughs> and uh, uh, Fiori teleports away with uh, the, the, the body of uh, Tuxedo Mask in, draped in his arms. And Sailor Moon falls to the ground, weeping, helpless to stop him. But before we continue the story, Chris, I think we have both uh, Twitter questions and letters to get to, right? That's right. Uh, now, where do you want to start? Because I've got a rather lengthy email to read. Let's do it. Okay. This email uh, came to us from uh, Julia Braid. And the reason I wanted to read it now is because it's about Kunihiko Ikuhara, uh, who is the director of the Sailor Moon R movie, as well as 
the primary director for the first couple seasons of Sailor Moon. Uh, he's also the uh, creator of Revolutionary Girl Utena, which I thought forever was... Uh, I got confused as a child because I thought that was another Naoko Takeuchi project, but it's not. I got... When I when I heard from the director of Sailor Moon, I apparently heard from the writer of Sailor Moon instead. Or the creator of Sailor Moon. She's a writer and artist. You know what? Terrible intro to this email. Wait, the creator of Sailor Moon emailed you? <laughs> no. Oh. Is that what you of, thought he said? I'm kind of scrolling through Tumblr while you were talking. <laughs> Although, if Naoko Takeuchi would like to be a guest on the show, she could have her pick of episodes. I will bump anybody off the schedule. <laughs> We'll see what she thinks of the miracle romance. <laughs> uh, but yes, this email comes from Julia Braid, who says, uh, Ikuhara was the series director of Sailor Moon from the middle of R to the end of Super S. Uh, he also directed the Sailor Moon R movie and a whole bunch of individual episodes, including Tokyo Disney, the cat butthole episode, the season one <laughs> finale, Chibiusa's first episode, Clash of the Ten Warriors, A Handsome Boy, and a bunch more that you haven't gotten to yet. Sailor Moon was Ikuhara's time as a series director. After leaving Sailor Moon, he was the co-creator and series director of three TV anime, Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant from 1997, Mawaru Penguindrum <laughs> from 2011, uh, and Yuri Kuma Arashi, 2015. He also directed the Utena movie in 1999. All four of those post-Sailor Moon projects are super weird. Sailor Moon was his last mainstream accessible work. Instead, he went off the rails completely and became a full-on auteur. He's only made four projects because his work is so non-commercial and difficult to work with. All of his post-Sailor Moon work is super symbolically dense and very difficult to follow. His shows feature an unsettling and dreamlike tone, a surreal comedy, twisted interpersonal relationships, and a boatload of social commentary. The plots of his shows make a lot of sense thematically, but no sense at all when taken literally. His influences include David Lynch and the avant-garde musicals of Shuji Teramiya, or, excuse me, Shuji Teriyama. I love, love everything Ikuhara's made, but his later work can be really alienating if you're not 110% on board. Obviously, his Sailor Moon work isn't anywhere near as extreme as his later stuff, but you can see him developing his style in the episodes he directed personally. So if you watch an episode that Ikuhara directed and it's super weird, like episode 51 where Isagi gets the cutie moon rod, well, that's just the kind of dude he is. For what it's worth, I think it's a real shame that he stopped directing more mainstream anime. His work on Sailor Moon is, I think, some of the best of his career. When I first watched Sailor Moon S in middle school, Ikuhara episodes were always among my favorites, even though I had no idea who he was until college. He's a pretty strong director no matter what he's working on. His resume is really short compared to other former Sailor Moon directors, and I think it's because he's so picky about what he works on. Again, he can run his life the way he wants to, but it's a shame. As for Mamoru... <laughs> Uh-oh. Famous last words. I'm something of a memory apologist, but he's not always at, the, uh, at his best in the anime. A lot of fans say that, say that anime memory was bad because Ikuhara prefers lesbian couples. I remember somebody bringing this up on Sailor Business, too. This is kind of true, kind of not. I don't think Ikuhara made anime Memoru the man that he is, at least not in the beginning. Making Memoru a 21-year-old college student probably wasn't his choice, nor was the season one parade of abuse. He wasn't series director at that point, so it probably wasn't in his power. Maybe the Sailor Moon R breakup was his idea? I don't know if he talked about that in interviews. Ikuhara's other work does feature many, many LGBTQ characters, women in particular. For example, his most recent work, Yurikama Arashi, which translates to Lesbian Bear Storm. <laughs> what? <laughs> was a collaboration with a queer female Yuri manga author that features an almost entirely lesbian cast, a lesbian main romance, and themes of overcoming homophobic prejudice in Japanese society and media. Uh, I really want to watch Lesbian Bear Storm, if anyone can, can provide that. Uh, he's also said this, 
I'm still able to make a story where it's between a boy and a girl, but I feel irritated to see my girl getting together with some other guy. I've tried to kill off Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon many times, but no matter <laughs> how many times I tried to kill him, he gets resurrected, so I only get angrier. So I decided it would be way better if the girl just didn't have a boyfriend to begin with. Of course I'm kidding. In reality, I have if I have a guy in the show, the love relationship gets to have a bigger role than the show. And that would be an interesting element, but I wouldn't want to make that the scene stealer of the show. Uh, he says he's kidding, but is he? Ikuhara also seems to think Memoru and characters like him are inherently problematic. This is Chris talking again. Agreed. <laughs> sure. Consider Revolutionary Girl Utena, his first show after Sailor Moon, which is a critique of shoujo romance stories that uses a lot of fairy tale symbolism. The main character is Utena, 14 years old, Capricorn, blood type B. She wants to become a prince who saves princesses. She defends Anthe, the Rose Bride, another 14-year-old girl, from classmates who want to control her. Almost all of the major antagonists are incredibly handsome older boys who act like sophisticated princes to manipulate younger girls and boys. A common theme is, you don't need to fight, you're a princess, and princesses shouldn't should be loved and protected by princes like me. The main antagonist of the show is an adult man who's old enough to own a flashy red convertible and hold down a high-paying job. He's sexually abusive and seduces teenagers to achieve his goals. He wouldn't call a 14-year-old girl trash on the street, but he might call her his destined, parentheses, moon lover and pressure her into having sex with him. So basically, the main character is an Usagi who wants to become like Tuxedo Mask, so she fights a bunch of terrible Tuxedo Masks until she reaches the worst Tuxedo Mask possible. Then she realizes that Tuxedo Mask is an inherently sexist and toxic ideal, and saves the day by embracing intersectional feminism and falling in love with another Usagi. I love Utena so much. Uh, anyway, I'll wrap it up now. And there are a lot of links here provided uh, to collections of Ikuhara interviews, uh, a Crunchyroll article about Sailor Moon uh, and Ikuhara's work on it. Uh, it's uh, Utena is apparently on YouTube legally, uh, which I would really like to, to watch, actually, since I've never watched it. Uh, thank you so much for reading. I hope you enjoy the rest of Sailor Moon. Please look forward to Ikuhara episodes. There are some doozies coming down the pike. Uh, and once again, that is from Julia Braid. So thank you for giving us all that context about Kunihiko Ikuhara. Uh, just in time for us to watch his his masterpiece, the Sailor Moon R movie. Cool. Cool. I do love the idea of the showrunner of Sailor Moon being like, fuck Tuxedo Mask. Fuck Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> yeah. It does explain quite a bit. Well, that's the problem when you write a miracle romance into your show that's otherwise just like women empowerment, thus you know branching off and doing other shows that are just lesbian bear attacks and like lesbian this and lesbian that because like oops i've written a heterosexual couple as the miracle romance of my first show oops get me out of here well he didn't write it it wasn't his thing i do love that he's why tuxedo mask fucking keeps getting impaled all the time <laughs> get him out of the way if one more you want to read this week this comes from daniel carlion who says, uh, to Chris and Jordan, uh, I've been listening to your podcast for the past few months, and I think it's the best anime-related podcast out there. I recently Ooh. went on a road trip from Sydney to Melbourne, roughly eight hours if you don't take a break, and your podcast has made the trip far more enjoyable. It even got one of my friends interested in Sailor Moon, who previously would never believe me when I said it was worth checking out. Two things I really like are Sailor Moon and statistics. I decided to combine the two and try to rank the Sailor Senshi based on how competent they are. Basically, if the Sailor Senshi did something that was at least use at all useful in the episode, they got a point. If they did oh. nothing useful or actually made things worse, they got no points. I'm really excited for this. Then I calculated the points in the percentage of the number of episodes they appear in. Yes, anime is for nerds. Uh, slow down. I'm enjoying this. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know which way this is going to go, and I'm, I'm, I, I want to take a minute to be in, in suspense. Okay, go ahead. Don't go too fast. 
every time they do something useful, they get a point. Every time they don't do anything useful, they don't get a point. And it's it's mm-hmm. all 200 episodes of the show. Who do you think is the most uh, competent Sailor Scout? Sailor now, Jupiter. No, wait, hold on. No, it's going to be Sailor Moon because he, you didn't say anything about losing points for doing something that isn't useful. So you Sailor Moon think it would be Sailor Moon because Sailor Moon always kills the monster. Yeah, she kills the monster every episode. It's so 200 out of 200 episodes. Mm-hmm. You'd think. Uh, I would love to see. I, I, I do want to say I would love to see uh, uh, Dan's whole list. Uh, but we only get the highlights here. Okay. At the end of 200 episodes, the most capable Sailor Scout is Sailor Uranus. What? Wait, what? She's not even in half of the episodes. Like, what? Well, I, I think this is based on the episodes they appear in. Right. Okay, so there's an average. It's like a batting average, yeah. So Sailor Uranus does something useful in 93.75% of her appearances. What? The best of the inner senshi, and I'm gonna love this. Jordan, do you know who it is? It better not be. The best of the inner senshi is Sailor Mercury at yes. 61.54%. Fuck out of here. Bubble spray. Bubble spray. <laughs> Bubble spray. Okay, I wanna know how you figure that because again, most of the time, she is not very helpful. Do you want to know who comes in dead last at a miserable 48.86%? Sailor Venus, not be Venus, Venus. Venus. Yeah, it better be Venus. Let's hear it. It's Venus. It's okay. Venus. <laughs> uh, and Dan says, well, at least she has a great personality. Oh. <laughs> Dan says, just let I throw this out there to see if anyone besides me finds this at all interesting. Probably not. Thanks for all the entertainment, guys. And Chibiusa can bug her off. That's very interesting. It's like I don't believe it. Well, actually, you know what? That's a good point. Okay. Obviously, he must not consider Rini and Chibi Yusa the same thing. Because Rini's in lots of episodes where she doesn't do anything useful. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not a she's not a senshi. Well, she eventually becomes yeah, one. Yeah. She does. <gasps> what? Wait. Oh, oh shit. Oh yes. shit. I'm so sorry. Fuck. <laughs> no, no, Rini's Are you surprised? not a senshi. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, so, but I would like Dan, if you, if like you've, you've clearly done the work. So if you would like to send us the work so we can actually see, uh, where everyone ranks and a little bit more information on how you got to this and, and how like bubble spray is now statistically the no. most devastating attack. No. Okay. Cause that's the thing. If you count, I mean, again, we're talking about helpfulness. Yes. Has bubble spray confused the enemy plenty of times? Yeah, sure. But it doesn't hurt them at all. The thing is, like, I want to know why you Usa- like because Usagi does so- like something useful in two hundred out of two hundred episodes. Yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah, but I-, I think that's only like she's guaranteed one. Actually, no, because every time, sometimes there's an episode when it continues and she can't kill the monster in the one episode and it has to continue on to the next one. Very right, rare. and then sometimes she'll kill the monster. And then sometimes doesn't aren't these early episodes with um with Neptune and Uranus they kill the monster and Nusagi is just like uh, most of the time no uh, even then I think maybe like one episode they kill the monster well like, there's got to be episodes when like later Uranus does an attack that works and then does another thing that works like she probably has a higher average of usefulness per episode. So 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 maybe that maybe they got more points per episode than than Venus than, right? I'm so skeptical of that. 
I, I find that yeah. so hard to believe. Got to rewatch the whole show then. Well, no, I mean, it, well, we're in the process, but I mean, it would depend on the. I guess it <laughs> just depends on the parameters of like what you consider useful, and I and I and, uh, and again, destroying the monster seems more useful to me than making it look around and go what, which is what Sailor Mercury usually does. She literally, oh, Mercury, yeah, I thought you were gonna say Mercury. Uranus, because I'm like she like earthquakes the shit out of a lot of people. Yeah, no, that's true. All right. Well, there's also, Ridiculous. like, keep in mind, there's also a lot of times where we see, like, Mars will do, like, Fire Soul or Burning Mandala, and, like, then it'll be like, oh, it doesn't have any effect. Like, so... It's not so very gonna... effective. It's super effective. Like the Pokemon terms. Yes. Uh, Allison, just so you know, I I have played the Pokemon games. You've played the Pokemon? That if I, I don't immediately respond to a reference, that I am completely unfamiliar with it. Listen, you didn't even laugh at my cabbages. You didn't even giggle. You didn't even snicker. You didn't do any, like, you let, uh, I'm I sorry. I made I the assumption that Chris Sims has not seen Avatar The Last Airbender, which- Which we was... talked about on this show. I know. I thought you might have been lying. No, that's me who's not really seen it. You, you've got right. us confused again. Oh, God. Damn it. Where am I? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you uh, for those emails. Uh, I'm sorry those were some very long emails, but we've got we can we have time for a couple of tweets. I think. All right, let's do it. Um, Tim Spencer wants to know: Dark Kingdom versus Alan and Anne and the Doom Tree versus the Moon Dark Moon Clan versus Tomo and his girls. Who wins in a fight? Hey. Uh, well, we haven't. We don't know enough about Tomo and his. We girls. don't know enough about Tomo. We haven't seen enough of, of Tomo. Uh, Tomo. Jeez. Uh... I, I mean, like, Dark Kingdom's got the numbers, right? Because mm -hmm. we see, like, those... Th they've got so many monsters. Right. Well, so, no. Dark Kingdom and Dark Moon Clan both have hundreds and hundreds of people. Do do they? Which one wait, Which one did you say? I said Dark Kingdom. Dark Moon Clan. Remember all those spaceships? Mm. Yeah, I guess. I guess they've got they a lot of those spaceships. And then Tomoe only has limited resources, so he's out. He's got his basement. I mean, Alan and Anne... Is are two people with a bunch of playing cards? That's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah that's only fifty-two. Like a whole deck. That's it. <laughs> the Doom Tree itself is very powerful. That's true. But you also very, uh, very impartial, very fickle. Has its own ideas. You can't really doesn't talk use much it for your own. But <laughs> but uh, Queen Beryl, the Dark Kingdom, are the only ones to successfully kill four out of five Sailor Scouts. Is that true? Yeah, they die, dude. They don't die again in the other seasons. <laughs> I can't. Remember. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. I don't yeah. remember them being, being like murdered like they are in uh, in the the season one finale. Actually, actually, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. No, 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 I'm wrong. I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, that was easy. I was gonna say Queen Beryl successfully killed uh, nine <laughs> scouts because I was gonna give her credit for killing all five scouts in the past, but I don't think that was her. Uh, well, she did fight on the moon. Yeah, but I think. It, well, we'll see. We'll see how it when it goes forward. Before before being reborn on Earth and running her crepe shop, crepes as we <laughs> as we have uh, we have established in Sailor Business Head Canon. Yeah, I'm gonna True. give it to the Dark Kingdom as well over the Dark Moon Clan. Dark Kingdom. Yeah. Which actually, now that we say that, is kind of bullshit because that means we, according to us, Sailor Moon and Co. fought their toughest ally or enemy in season one, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> Look, we also like the Dark Kingdom. Yeah, we just I think like the Dark them. Kingdom are our favorite villains. Allison, do you have a, like a favorite bunch of villains? 
I'd say the Dark Kingdom will definitely win. I do agree with you guys. I mean, I guess don't because don't forget when they started fighting uh, the di- diamonds, they were like, "Oh, none of our shit works. Like these guys are fucking amazing. They're like nothing we've ever fought before." And they had to all like level up in order to beat them. Right. So a diamond would kick the shit out of a Dark Kingdom soldier. Well, that's, that just means that Sailor Moon's attacks didn't fight, didn't work on the uh, the, oh, the, the droids. droids. Not that not that Queen Barrel. Here's a question though: Are they sending just one champion at a time, like they do per episode, or is it, ev- or is Tomo is Tomoe gonna like ignite all of the monsters at once? The Dark Kingdom is gonna send their entire army yeah. at once. Yeah. Like, is it one Full versus armies. one? Like, Full my champion. This is the War of the Four, Four. Armies. Yeah. What if a okay. what if a diamond egg went inside a card that was reaching its peak energy <laughs> that also had a rainbow crystal inside it? Well, that's oh shit! Oh, then we're shit. all gonna die, and it doesn't matter who wins. I, I think we're gonna still go with Dark Kingdom. Uh-huh. Uh William C. Coney wants to know how would Sailor Moon be better if Chibiusa was Shingo, or vice versa? <laughs> if Shingo's if the brother, Usagi's right? brother was her daughter. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite understand <laughs> what he means. Do you mean? Does he mean this? Yeah, this is complicated. Does he mean? Just if instead of having a daughter from the future, she had an annoying son from the future who played video games and called her names. Or instead of having a brother, she had a little sister. Or vice versa, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, that would be sort of funny. That would be Steven Universe, I guess, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, kind of. So if Shingo was a superhero? Do you mean if if Shingo was uh, like a hero instead of being Rubius? (sighs) That's not canon. Shingo's Rubius? Wait, really? That is Chris's headcanon, yes. Chris That's believes scary. that in the future, Shingo turns into Rubias. That sucks. And Molly turns into Queen Barrel. Girl, we just saw die, and oh. no, no. Um, well, it's the same hair. The one we just saw die oh, with the okay. Medusa hair. Okay. What was uh, her name again? I've totally forgotten her already. I have too. Tomoe's lady. I can't yeah, remember we, we both... her name. <laughs> Medusa was her name. Medusa. No. What is her name? Tomoe's hot redhead. Oh, K- Carrie Knight. Yes, Carrie Knight. Oh, wait. You Jesus. couldn't remember Carrie Knight? Could yeah, no. Because Chris believes that Melvin turns into Tomoe and <gasps> Molly turns into Carrie Knight. Uh, well, well, well. Uh, I it's mean, not true. It's just one Like, Chris hasn't seen all of Sailor Moon, so right, I don't want right. to go further. I don't want to really push it. Okay. David F. Pendris asks If Minako is made of wood, does that mean she's a witch? <laughs> Burner, yes. let's find out. <laughs> uh, no, but her girlfriend does. Oh, and, and her girlfriend burns things. That, that's, that's, a, that's a dangerous combination. She could catch fire and die. Firewood, man. Hashtag, hashtag it. Yeah, but firewood gets destroyed in the process. Well, love hurts, dude. When love you make, when you, when you make a dinner, you don't ruin the cookbook. <laughs> You do if you do it right. Am I right? No, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I just had to high five myself. Uh, okay, one one more. One more. Twitter one more. Question. All right. Eli Jones, and I don't remember if we've done this either. And Eli Jones doesn't remember if we've done it either. But he wants to know, what Hogwarts house would the scouts be in? Uh, I, I feel like we've done this before. We've done this before. I've heard matter. this before. Let's do it again. Uh, Serena is a Gryffindor. Obviously. Who is? She's so sorry, Usagi. Usagi. No, Sailor Moon. No, absolutely not. 
What is the you Gryffindor's no, no, pride is a trait? Buff. Yes. Is a courage. She's courage. Yes, she's so brave. To her friends. No, she's yeah. not so brave. She cries every episode. <laughs> and she still gets over it. She cries no. and then she gets over it. No, she's a Hufflepuff, oh, dude. Well, loyalty to the friends. That's true, yes. actually. Sorry. Um, obviously, uh, Amy is a Ravenclaw. Ray is a Slytherin. Slytherin. Venus is a Gryffindor. Venus is a Gryffindor, and I think Makoto yeah. was probably a Gryffindor, too. Yes. She could kind of go either way. I feel like I could put her in a Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. I think she would be Gryffindor. Okay. Definitely. Because, like, even before she was with the Scouts, she, like, stood up for herself. She stood up for other people. All right, so Chibiusa is absolutely a Slytherin. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll buy that. Oh, no, yeah, Chib- Chibiusa is the poltergeist that haunts the fucking castle. <laughs> What about it's Memoru? Horrible. I never thought about Memoru. I mean, I guess Memoru would be a Gryffindor, right? Uh, <laughs> no, he's the professor. He's the professor with like Voldemort on the back of his head. No. He's a teacher. He's definitely not he's Slytherin. Old. He's old. He's a he's teacher. Not, he's not he all about at, the studying. He works at Gringotts. Guys. <laughs> no, he's not he's a goblin. Not. Even got... people who work at Gringotts. Well, no, because those are goblins. But yeah. Those are goblins? Adult goblins. people. Still had to have been a house at some point. I don't know. Uh, he's not a Slytherin. He's not a Ravenclaw because he doesn't just care about studying and mm. like and facts and knowledge. First thing, well, hey, first thing he tells, first thing he tells Usagi is study hard. First line of dialogue, just to make fun of her. His no, bunhead, study hard. He, he's a Gryffindor because again, he's like a jock. He, he's not all about friendship. He barely has any friends. <laughs> he has one. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, he always shows up for Serena, so loyalty. But that's because he loves her. That's diff- that's different. Yeah, but he always shows up. I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. But he doesn't show up for the other girls. Well, yeah, because they're not his friends. <laughs> they are. They're not his no. girlfriend. They don't matter. Memory goes to that like that crooked German wizard school that Victor Crumb comes from. Durmstrang. Durmstrang. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's Bulgaria. Oh, and then Venus goes to goes to um Bobaton. Ilver Morney. <laughs> I think that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> All right. So now that we've done that again. <laughs> it was better this time. What are Let's your houses? talk about Just kidding, I know what they are. Hufflepuff. <laughs> I know. Chris, what are you? I also got Hufflepuff and I was like very upset. Really? No, you shouldn't. It's the best. I'm Slytherin. In case anyone yeah. had to ask. Terrible. In case anyone was doubting that. Oh, no, wait. No, I'm sorry. I actually got Slytherin. Oh. Terrible also. That's nice. We're the evil Yeah, the I, evil I, mean, house. I got sorted into racism house, which was super fun. Racism murder evil house. Awful people. What am I doing here? No, but we could turn it around because we're nice people. We're just ambitious. All right, look, look. Jake's already grinding his teeth sorry, over this episode. Okay. If anybody was wondering, I'm a Gryffindor because I'm dumb, but I mean well. Back into it. Let's talk about the second half of Sailor Moon R, the movie, The Promise of the Rose. So we rejoined the movie with what I called in my notes our Bruce Wayne flashback. Yeah. We've got a doctor in sunglasses. All no. about Memoir's dead parents. Yeah. No. Yes. 
Yes, yes that is what happens. I don't know what says, you're saying I'm wrong about. I'm sorry, Darian, but your parents are dead. Yeah, he is a really cool doctor with some cool sunglasses. <laughs> His doctor gear is really hooked up. <laughs> He's he doesn't want anybody to see his tears when he reports on the deaths of people, so he puts on sunglasses. I think those are supposed to be like regular glasses. He's just stylized <laughs> in the uh in the I, I know. <sighs> but it's I'm I'm imagining you know, like Dr. Fonz. Or it's just like the anime glasses thing whenever you tilt your head and the <laughs> <Hey>. light hits <laughs> like when the light hits your glasses and then they just get white and it's like no one can see you, but you're you're being dramatic. Um, but so the doctor goes, sorry, Darian, your parents are dead. And then we cut to Darian in a back to tank on with Fiore looking at him. A back to crystal. Oh, no, back in real life. No, I mean, we, we first we do see kid Fiore show up again and be like, you're not alone. You've got me, yeah. babe. And then Darian in the back to tank in a crystal. Yeah, Darian, like, at this point, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I just got stabbed. I'm probably going to wake up inside a crystal. Well, Darian says to Fiore... I can't believe you're real. I thought you were someone I made up just to ease the pain of my orphanage loneliness. And he's like, nope, I'm real. J-Lo, Ja Rule, I'm real. I'm real. But that's that's another thing. He does say that. He's floating in liquid just talking. Yeah, to Fiore outside of the crystal. Like fully submerged and just well, yeah, speaking in water. Well, he can breathe magic. this water. It's magic. It's magic heal it's your, a back uh, to tank. Heal your... It's magic. In back to tank, you have to have a little air tube so you don't die. Oh, it's a different it's a different thing. <laughs> it's um it's well oh god it doesn't matter. They're in space. There's no air in space anyway. That's also true. You're right. Thank you. Oh, we'll get to that. Yes. So we see a flashback of when Darian was a child and he picks up a weird alien boy from the rain and they wake up and he like carries him back to his orphanage and they wake up in bed together. Because he they because he's literally the the kid is literally drifting through space mm-hmm. in fetal position in a little bubble. Yeah, until he gets that to crashes Earth. to Earth. Yeah. And Darian finds him. And then they're talking about how Fiore says he's going to go and find the perfect flower for Darian, and he's going to spend the rest of his life looking for this flower. And he finds a flower on the remains of like a dead planet. And he says, oh, I found it. This is the perfect flower. But the flower is evil. And so then he takes, as soon as he picks the flower, which is like the evil naked woman in the flower, it starts influencing him. And he's like... I'm going to make the earth pay for what they did to Darian Shields. They killed his parents. I'll kill everybody. There's a shot of the flower like leering over his shoulder and he's surrounded and encircled by this pink mist. That's like the artistry of it, I think, was really beautiful. And also, let's not let's not forget what this flower is. He's traveling through space, finds a rock with nothing on it but a flower and this is a flower with a topless lady in the middle of it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, in, in the, I don't remember this happening in the new version that I saw, which would be like the uncut Japanese version. Uh, but the subtitles in the Deke version refer to it as the Kissinian flower. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, it was something like that. It was Kassini, Kassini. I wrote this down. They definitely say the name of the flower in the original, or in the Japanese. I just forget what it exactly it was. The Kassinian. There we go. The Kassinian flower. Yeah. Which is a tiny little naked lady. Like in- a tiny little naked lady <laughs> with a choker. And again, he's like, 
this is the thing I've been wanting to give him. A tiny little naked lady. <laughs> uh, yeah, he loves flowers. And it's a naked lady, so I don't see what the problem is here. Yeah. So he gets it for him, and there we are. We're, we're all caught up on the plot. But at this point, we learn that Guy Fieri is actually being controlled and influenced. He's not, he didn't just go bad, he's being controlled. Yeah. According to, um, according to my research. <laughs> no, according to the Wikipedia in mm. Japan, in the Japanese, it was called the Xenian flower. <gasps> X-E-N-I-A-N. <gasps> Xena flower. <laughs> Xena warrior flower? Yes. Xena flower, your princess? <laughs> <laughs> so back on Earth, uh, Luna is like, oh yeah, the Kazanian flower. Yeah, we heard about that on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> we know all about it. It's a for the expediency of this plot. We know all about it and what it can do. Uh, so obviously, it's an evil flower. It's going to suck out people's energy. It's going to destroy the world, and that's how it travels through space. So like the it literally shatters a planet, and then the pieces of the planet that go off into space become the asteroids that take it to a new planet, which is actually like a really cool idea. Mm -hmm. uh, we've but talked before about how the major difference between Japanese superheroes and American superheroes is that American superheroes will fight a variety of villains while Japanese superheroes are like dedicated to one group. Like if it's, if it's shocker, if it's the dark kingdom, if it's, you know, uh, Bandora, like th there's always a source of all the problems. Mm -hmm. they, they don't ever go on patrol and fight regular crimes unless they go to London as Sailor V. <laughs> right. But I love this idea that like between the end of the, the dark moon clan and like the arrival of professor Tomoe, like they're going to go fight Starro, the star conqueror. <laughs> like we're just going to spend an hour yeah. fighting this one cosmic villain, which I think is really cool. We never see that. But again, we're actually not sure when this took place. Oh, you know what? Actually, that's a good point. Let me look at let me look at when it came out. All right. While you're looking that up, I want to talk about um, all the fun wordplay in the English dub of this scene, because Artemis is referring to the Cassinian flower and he refers to it as a most wicked weed indeed. <laughs> and then Luna says, yes, it was the first time weed ever laid eyes on her. And then she says that she finds a vulnerable person and plants the seeds of negativity into the a most wicked weed indeed. <laughs> I also love this shot of like this other planet that like has been destroyed by the Cassinian flower. And there's just like people walking by and then there's like one dude like sitting on the ground with his weak heart wearing a naked lady on his chest and nobody notices. <laughs> I feel like that's a thing I would notice. I notice if someone's wearing a cool t-shirt. <laughs> All right. I got it. I got the information. You ready? Okay. The movie was released on the 5th of December, 1993. Mm -hmm. Okay. You look at the original air dates of the episodes. That was the day after the original airing of uh, the episode Emerald Takes Over, a.k.a. Magic of Darkness, Esmeralda's Invasion. Okay. So at that point, let's see. So it's like a respite from the big bad. Um, yeah, yeah. So this, this, let me see. I'm trying to think who knew what in that. Well, I mean, keep in mind that the annual movies that they do for like Super Sentai shows and Kamen Rider and, and Sailor Moon. You know, we have an S movie and a Supers movie coming up too. Uh, like those don't always fit into continuity. Like they're, you know, they happen, um, but they're usually just like weird little side stories. Uh, I, I think uh, I watched the, um, the Kamen Rider Drive movie. Uh, Drive, I think, was the, the um, 
two common writers ago and like a character dies in that movie and it's like a really big deal that he doesn't come back at the end because then there are consequences to that story that have to play out in the show which does not always happen mm. like a lot of those movies take place in like uh, alternate universes like this one literally takes place in like a world where the shocker was never defeated so like all the common writers are evil okay so i feel like you know like trying to fit it into continuity is not as easy well, as it would be in America. Yes, because here's the deal. Uh, so that episode, if you didn't remember from the the incredibly descriptive name of magic power, magical power of darkness, Esmeralda's invasion, that's the cake episode. <laughs> that's the episode where they stuff themselves with cakes. <laughs> cake buffet. Yeah, they go. They go. That all you can eat cake buffet. All you can eat cake shop. And uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Mamoru and and Usagi are still broken up. Okay. At that point. And I don't think they get back together for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but also, Yusa doesn't know their scouts at that point either. Yeah, and she doesn't know their scouts. So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know when this could possibly take place. Because she doesn't find out their scouts until the last f- final stuff, right? Yeah, I think this takes place... I think this is meant to have taken place between the defeat of Prince Demond and Chibiusa returning to the future. Which... Is immediate. Well, here's the thing. Remember how Chibiusa trips and falls, and she falls behind, and she doesn't show up again until the scouts have already transformed. Tech- well, oh no, just kidding, Sailor Moon. Just kidding. No, yeah, she she <laughs> I'm she, she wakes yeah, up like Sailor Moon. One million percent transforms in front of her. I so know. she calls her Moon Mama. She knows. Let me. Let me. I'm gonna look at uh, the final battle episode and see how much time oh there is. If, if 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 it's how immediate it looks. Oh my goodness. What? Well, it's very easy to be like, oh, that's why they went to the botanical garden because like the botanical garden is like Chibiusa's going away party. Okay. I can sure. see that happening. All right. Well, I, that's a possible thing. I'm just I'm just trying to check it out myself. So Sailor Moon, like they're all sitting in a park, and it's not the park. It's a different park with different public art. They're all. They're all hanging out at. And Luna and Artemis explain the deal with the Cassinian flower. And then it's like, it's like, oh my God, but like, what if Memoru's dead? Like, it's going to destroy, like, it's going to destroy Memoru. Like, Memoru was impaled and then taken away from me. He's obviously dead, even though we know that he's alive in the future, but time travel, whatever. Uh, and she's really sad. And then this is another part where people at in the theater lost their fucking minds. Yeah. <laughs> because Chibius is like, hey, get it together and then pulls out a fucking gun <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then she shoots her with the fucking gun she doesn't just point it at her she shoots her point blank in the head fortunately Not it's point just blank, yeah, yeah. well yeah in the head fortunately it's just a gun that shoots a little arrow of encouragement or something it shoots a little dart that sticks in Usagi's forehead, and then it pops open with a little scroll that says, go for it! <laughs> because she's feeling really insecure, and she said that she doesn't want to go after Fiori because she doesn't want anyone else to get hurt because of her. Yeah. I, which I get, except that... Except it's like, come on, Usagi, are you paying any attention? She, they literally just said, if you do nothing, everybody dies. It's just a moment yeah. of weakness. Well, sure. So let's shoot her in the head. Yeah, why not? So the closest <laughs> the asteroid is going to get to Earth. So we can assume that oh, wait, like, the asteroid is... Wait, okay. before you do that, can I just say one quick thing? Also, when Rini was encouraging Serena, she says, we all support you. Why else do you think we fight for you? And Serena says, uh, mental void? <laughs> 
What? You remember what? that? When they were, she says, no. Yeah, Rini says, why do you think we fight for you? And Serena goes, uh, mental void? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you're all stupid. <laughs> I want to point out, if you look at the gun that Rini has and the thing that she shot into Usagi's head, not possible. Not only no. is the arrow longer than the entire gun itself, the, like, ball at the end that pops open and has a little banner hanging off of it is, like, so much bigger than the gun there's just no possible way this thing came out of that gun it's folded up it's all folded and you, can, you can't fold up. up a ball you, you it's made of paper it's probably just made, of paper, not made like of paper soft rubber or something <laughs> no no is that really what you're worrying about like they're breathing in space and you're like i can't fit in a gun there's an atmosphere on that obviously uh, I'm I'm watching with the I turned the sound off on the DVD to try and hear sure. the line about mental void, which is said. It is amazing how much Terry Hawks of Sailor Moon sounds exactly like Allison Stock. Wait, really? Oh, yes. really? Maybe that's why yes. she's the fans' favorite guest. <laughs> oh Maybe God. so. Here, give me a give me a line to say. What What does Usagi say? Where I was like, oh, that sounds exactly like Ali. Get me a voice acting agent, somebody, please. Well, you wrote uh, down that you wrote down the the line she said uh, about. I'm not uh, strong enough, Tuxedo. Sorry, I'm a wimp. I'm not strong enough, Tuxedo. Sorry, I'm a wimp. I'm a wimp. That's, yeah, you got you got you to lean into it. Yeah, no one gets it right on the first take. George Lucas. God. Um, I did remember <laughs> when I did my Xena yell. Yes, I do. <laughs> when we do our when we do our fan dub, uh, I guess Allison will play Sailor Moon. And oh. Jordan, you can, you can be Luna because you do a good Luna voice. That would be so much fun. <laughs> and I'll be Artemis because I got that perfect Artemis line that one time. That yeah. perfect Canadian accent, eh? <laughs> oh, by the way, the, I felt like they were going overboard. Like they did not tell people to dial back their Canadian accents for this dub, by the way. Oh, no. They were like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's Canada. It's fine. Like all of the background extras, like every like newscaster, every anything was a hundred percent Canadian. In <laughs> the asteroid we saw in the news, it's uh, the he said the closest it's going to be is two point five million kilometers away, mm -hmm. and nobody's freaking out because the asteroid has changed course yet. So we can assume that it is currently two point five million kilometers away, more at, at least, at mm -hmm. least, and it turns out that is the range. Of Sailor Teleport. <laughs> Remember yeah, they, Sailor they, Teleport? Remember that power that they always have? They can teleport galactic distances. Yes. Yeah. They can like Lila Lila this shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and this time the cats go, uh, we're not going to do this. Now we get to talk about the terrible computer animation. I, oh, I, I you mean so when much. this shit gets amazing? Oh, God. The like Mortal Kombat level computer animation. This is the cutting edge of technology. Okay, wait, let's talk about what it is. Look, look, up to this point, this has been an episode of Sailor Moon, right? Villain shows up, bad guy shows up, Memory gets stabbed, which happens all the time. Like, <laughs> it's just a longer episode of Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. As soon as they join hands and Sailor teleport, this becomes Sailor Moon the movie. Because <laughs> they go to fucking space, guys. And they go to the planet. And the actual imaging of the planet is 
that 1993, well, probably made in 1992, cutting edge 3D animation, animatronic technology, like, like beyond the mind's eye, you know, everybody take a shot because I'm mentioning mm-hmm. my favorite CanCon. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm either talking about Yuri on Ice or Reboot or Gundam Wing or beyond the mind's eye but like seriously i'm very predictable but it's so new and like it shows the like remember in the remember the movie titan ae when it was like you know don bluth animation with like a smattering of 3d like you could see the pixels yeah exactly and it is fucking playstation graphics it's a playstation cutscene, and i love it and again the crowd lost it in the theater like as, really? soon as, they, as soon as this thing starts like rotating its way like towards the camera, laughing at it, I'm sure. No, no like, yeah, like Jordan. it was. Everybody was having a real good time with this uh, with <laughs> so this CGI good. asteroid. It's really good, and it, it opens up and it blossoms like a flower. Yes, uh, and it's covered. The interior surface is covered in these pink like lilies. I guess they are. Is that what they are? Are they lilies? They're uh flowers i forgot what it was called xena flowers the xena the xena flower and they're all going <laughs> in the they do turn into warrior princesses so we already talked about in the first half of this episode we talked about how this thing breaks sailor moon like sailor moon are the movie breaks sailor moon because the first thing that Fiore does when he shows up and he sees Sailor Moon is goes, oh, hey, you're that girl Usagi from yesterday. Like, sees through the disguise immediately. I think, like, like if Sailor Moon's going to be broken, then why not go all the way with it? And now they can fly and shoot lasers. <laughs> yeah, they do just kind of fly. The Sailor teleport is less of a teleport and more of a fly great distances very quickly. Well, mm-hmm. it teleports them into space and then they get shrouded in this bubble. But we see a trail, too. And then they're flying and they're like fucking crashing through rocks. There's a chase scene where they're like the 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 sexy lady half of the the plant monster from the first half of the movie, like has now grown mm-hmm. like human legs and dragonfly wings, and so they're flying. So it becomes like a fucking space shooter for a minute, right? And they start using Sailor Planet power and like they tear ass through this 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 field of flowers and then start shooting out lasers and like it's amazing, and I don't know why they never use this devastating laser attack again. And they all land gracefully on their feet, except Usagi, who lands flat on her ass. Because she's a bit of a klutz. We see them flipping through the air, like, superhero style, like, mega gracefully, except for Usagi, who is, like, pinwheeling her arms and going ass <laughs> over tea kettle. It's great. <laughs> so they land, and they're exploring this planet. It's covered in flowers, and they see from far away, like, a uh, the, a platform with the crystal on it, and then it's the back a hinge. They <laughs> see a stone hinge. What a what? What's the meaning of stone hinge? Why did they build? Sorry. Uh, did work. anyone else notice that uh, when Ami looks at it and she's like doing her analysis on the computer, it's in German? No. No, really. Yeah. When when Ami is like doing her analysis of oh, the, yeah, the crystal yeah, that I memory's that. in. Like, all the display is in German. Oh, cool. Which, presumably, Ami speaks for reasons that we have covered on the podcast at length before. She probably um, changed the language to German so she could practice. It's like her Duolingo for the day. Although it seems more life-threatening. Like, it seems like pretty pertinent information that she wouldn't want to, like, risk not understanding. But whatever. Well, she's learned 100 English words a day, so she can now just uh, roll that over to German. Yes, but can she conjugate them? (laughs) 
so they see Mamoru and they're like, oh, wait, it could be a trap. And then they hear a voice. And the voice says, I would never use Mamoru for a trap. And this bunch of flowers rises up and then falls away. And that's how Fiore arrives. Very weird, very cool, very bizarre. I like it. Yes, so weird. So he talks about his plan to unleash millions of the Cassinian blossoms to Earth through this ship that's going to open and it opens up and it's like a host for all these flowers and it's going to pass earth at 2.5 billion million meters kilometers away open up and zap all the flowers down and then every it's going to take over the earth and it's going to be the earth is going to be like a dead planet with the flower and then in a million years in the future another fiore is going to find it for another tuxedo mask and his friend and it's going to it's a vicious cycle is what i'm saying and it's going to keep on happening if the scouts can't stop it yeah, and Sailor Mars is like, fuck that. And then just shoots fire out of her hand. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say fire soul. Yeah. Doesn't just like puts her finger out and it shoots out like a flamethrower. <laughs> then they do the aliens scene. Oh, yes. Then it becomes <laughs> like the fact that this is Sailor Moon for half an hour and then aliens with Sailor Moon for half an hour <laughs> is rad as shit. I love it. Except, okay, here's the one except to that. Because so the alien scene we're referring to is they're going, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're like the readings say they're all around us. Monsters are everywhere. They're getting closer. They're going, which is awesome and great. Except they just fought flower that turned into a monster mm -hmm. twenty minutes ago. Now they're surrounded by flowers. The readings are saying there's monsters everywhere around us, and they are like, what? I I don't understand. What could it be? Like, how can it be that there's monsters all around us when there's really all these flowers? And then the flowers start turning into fucking monsters, and they're like, "Oh, right, 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 right." right. But instead of um, instead of crabs this time, they're snakes. Yes, that is true. They do have slightly different body types. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like real people. <laughs> Mina goes, "Hey, Usagi, purify this asteroid with moon halation. That's the only way." Mm -hmm. So like it's basically she's basically telling her nuke this ship from orbit. So oh Usagi is like on it. She flips around. Like, she, <laughs> she like flips around the, the the scepter, the moonstick, and then just again fucking lays waste yes! to this place. She's like it, bulldozing them. It's amazing. Well, let's talk about this in detail because everybody helps out. So first. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Who's the first one? Jupiter. Um, Jupiter uses Jupiter, Supreme yeah. Thunder to just vaporize. She, yeah, she's killing the shit out of these monsters. It's pretty amazing. Their attacks have only ever taken out like one beast and one monster at a time. And it's like, nope, 100 over here. And now they're vaporizing them. Yes. So then Crescent Beam is, zoom, destroying everything. And then Shine Aqua Illusion washes them a little. These are all new attack <laughs> animations, too. Like, yeah, but... And Mercury's is the wet lamest. Mm. No, she like tidal waves these things off into space. Uh, we don't see any of them die as like the way we do with every well, other. No, scout. we don't see them get exploded into dust. That's true. But we do see like the wave crashing down on it with Shine Aqua Illusion. It, I mean, every other scout fucking kills them, and she just is like, "Lots of water. I hope they are okay." <laughs> uh, it's super awesome to see all like. It's because it's all the you first animate. season attacks. It's Supreme Thunder, except for Shine Aqua Illusion. Because it's Supreme Thunder, it's Crescent Beam, Shine Aqua Illusion, and then Fire Soul. But they're all brand new attack animations. Mm -hmm. And Fire Soul is 
tight as hell. It is dope. (laughs) Because Mars, again, she, like, does the spin-around move, like she does in her transformation sequence, but she's, like, got her arms out, and she, like, just fucking stomps, and the whole planet goes up in flames. Halation is the best, though. Yeah, Moon Princess Halation happens, and it's the fucking Death Star. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally you get you get goes to a a, a, a helicopter shot looking down on the field <laughs> where you see the beam shoot out and and she like you know turns at like a forty five so like forty five degree angle and you you see like maybe I don't know a hundred or two hundred of them all get wiped out by this beam just w- raking across them all. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And then you get like a close up shot of Usagi and she's swinging the scepter like a baseball bat, yeah. shooting lasers out. It's fucking rad. It's and a the great best thing shot. about it is like right after that it cuts to Fiore and Fiore's like, oh shit, <laughs> this yeah. is not working. So then he tells the monsters to retreat and reform, and that's that's what they do. They retreat, and they all converge and form a giant flower, which fucking covers the four scouts <laughs> and buries them under a flower mountain. Yeah. And Serena's, like, digging through the ground, like, trying to get to them, and she can't get to them. And she's like, oh, my God, my friends are dead. Ray grabs her by the arm and, like, Irish whips her out of the way. Oh, yeah. It's, like, awesome. Wait, Irish whip? Is that what it's called? Pro wrestling term. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's the reason that that Sailor Moon doesn't get trapped under the under the pile of flowers, right? Because she throws yeah. her out of. But the yeah, I mean that's maybe, you know, six, ten feet of of flowers that they get buried under. Yeah. Uh, and so you're thinking they're probably dead now. I'm sure. <laughs> you're convinced that they must be dead at this point. They're um. not. So then they uh, they rise out of the mountain and they're all tied up on a beanstalk together. And Fiori says that he wants Serena's magic wand. And if she gives up her magic wand, he'll give up her friends and won't kill them. And the scouts are calling to her like, you yeah. can't give up your scepter. Let us die. Yeah, he pulls them out of the ground. Seriously, Serena, we're fine. Let us die. You cannot. We're fine? Like, I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> like, let us die. It's fine. This is what we're born to do, like, to die for you. So, like, let us die for you. You can lay waste to this asshole. And, it, it, like, it's fine. And Serena can't do it. And Fiori was really not expecting that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what he wanted her to say. He, I guess he wanted her to go, no, go fuck yourself. Let's fight to the death. But when she says, no, if, if I'm not, I'd rather give up than let my friends die. He's just like, what? Well, because he, like his whole thing about hating Usagi has been that he thinks she's just going to betray Mamoru and hurt him. Like the mm, world yeah. hurt him as mm-hmm. a child. But I love this because this is like, it's like the last episode of season. Like it's very clearly... The same shit that happens in the last episode of season one, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, where even like the Sailor Scouts are even like taught, like crucified to that spike that comes up through the ice in the kind of the same way as they are here. So he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm, I give up. I'm, I'm done. Don't hurt my friends." So she gives up the staff, and he makes good on his word. And then Ray, of course, Ray, of course, goes, "You weakling, <laughs> you coward." Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Fiori is like freaking the fuck out because he because, has no idea. He's like, I'm not used to emotions. Right. And, and emotionally, he can't handle it. Because again, if you remember, it's, he, he's not fully in control of himself. The flower is making him be right. 
more evil than he and is. So, so this emotion is like touching him. And So the flower you know, is like, we've got to level up. And the flower convinces him that he's never going to get Darien back as a friend until all of the scouts are dead. And then Fiori levels up and he gets like black nail polish. He has a new outfit with like the hands of the flower like, ra- like wrapped and cl- like clutching him. His hair and, changes color. Yeah, it goes from blue to pink to pink to blue. And Fiori in this scene... And when we saw him before, I don't think we mentioned it when he first showed up. He's not wearing, like, Endymion's outfit, but he's wearing something that's, like, very reminiscent of Endymion's outfit. It's kind of like a combination of Endymion and Diamond, right? Okay. That's what it looks like to me anyway. Yeah. But here he, 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 and he looks like Alan, and now he switches into looking like Anne. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like, now he he has He switches over to an Alan Anne outfit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I meant his hair used to be green with... With pink highlights, now it's pink with blue or green, whatever. Yeah, whatever it, color it's, that he is. flips. So yeah, he transforms into basically wearing the same kind of outfit that Alan and Anne did, uh, but there's like a really kind of cool, creepy difference, which is that the the topless uh, flower lady turns into smoke and then wraps around him, and like her hands become part of his outfit. So it's like he's wearing like weird arms mm. over his body. It's like really creepy and cool. Like, it's definitely where you can say that Ikuhara is into David Lynch. <laughs> Very true. So then, this, at this point, Darian breaks out of his back to tank. Mm-hmm. And Fiori, Fieri, Guy Fieri, gets his hands on Serena. And okay. He goes, yeah. Yeah, do this part, this part. He goes, everybody raise your hands if you want to try this energy. And all of the flowers in the garden raise their hands. And then Fiori holds Serena in like a (laughs) Jesus on the cross sort of pose. And he starts sucking there. And all of the flowers, the million flowers on this planet are sucking up her energy. And he said, if you give up your claim on Darian's heart, I'll let you go. But like it, she looks like Jesus. It looks like Mary propping up Jesus. Like I've only seen like the right. Isn't that what this? The raise like? your hands if you want to try this energy. I couldn't believe how ridiculous that was. And it because again, it's all the the hands are popping up like zombies coming out of a grave. But in response to that, I just I I I lost it. I, it was yeah. crazy. Uh yeah. So uh, everybody's drinking up uh, Usagi's energy. And then I think we get what is, well, we get, we, we go into the flashbacks. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, Usagi, you suck. You're not like a real, like you oh. don't really care about anything. You're just no, a fucking no. piece of trash. This, no, this, Wait, this what? is, no, this is the flashback when Fiore is saying to Serena, you don't know what it's like. He said, you don't know what it's like to have everyone shun you. Nobody knows what it's like to be a loser. No one here understands what it's like to be hated by everyone. And all of the, the four scouts have flashbacks. Yeah, not you talking. Yeah, it, yeah, it's um, Ami remembers being teased for only ever studying. And then Lita remembers moving to a new school and everyone being afraid of her. Like I heard she like fought her old teacher. We don't want to talk to her. She'll just get kicked out again or she'll hurt us. And then Mina, she's so shy. She must think she's better than us. And then Ray, she's like psychic and weird and is too good for us. Let's not like all four of these scouts have these memories of being alienated. Yeah. And so if- um, I, I, I do want to mention, which is a great scene. Yeah, uh, it's, it's super so good. Great. It's like really awesome. It, the, the Mina one in the Japanese... The Mina one oh. is is like going. Um, oh, she's always too busy to do to hang out with us. Now the implication being, she's a superhero. Yeah, she's going off to be Sailor V all the time. But mm-hmm. but to her friends, it looks like 
it looks like she's busy. But in the in the uh, original dub, oh, they're just yeah, kind of like, oh, she's this. shy. And they literally throw it a line that says, look at her trying to look like Sailor V. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> Which is like, wait, what? Again, you can tell there's a similarity, but you don't <laughs> notice it's the same girl? Yeah. <laughs> I like the Ray one a lot too, where it's like, oh yeah, that girl's like she can like find shit. She's like really creepy. Like everybody <laughs> thinks she's like this weird witch girl. Like I think it's really cool. And also, she's like keeps stuck. She's so it. stuck up and thinks she's too good for us. Which is that that part is true. Yeah, yeah that part is true. She is she is too good for them, and she knows no, it. No, she thinks it. <laughs> um. So Fiori zaps Serena's energy. And she falls to the ground. Her eyes are like blank. But then all of her friends are like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? We've all felt this way. We're fucking human beings. This is what it means to be a person in the world. Sometimes you feel alienated and sometimes you're alone. But like Serena brought us all together. And like, oh, no, sorry. Cut that part out. I'm jumping the gun. Fuck. Um, They do say like she's 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 an important she's she's good to us and she's important to us. Yeah, stop. Don't her. hurt her because she's like given us something that is incomparable. They they say if if we didn't meet her, we'd all be alone. Even even mm-hmm. at this point, they say that. True, and and then uh, Darian has like a Force Awakens moment when he's he's talking to Fury, and he's like, "Once the flower gets what it wants, it's going to kill you too." And he's like, "You're not my real dad." <laughs> Memory well, hasn't shown up yet because they're like, "Hey." Uh, Usagi is, you know, Usagi is our friend. Yeah. Don't hurt her. She's so important to us. Oh, somebody else says that it's not Darian, but it is like from The Force Awakens when he's like, Snoke just wants to use you for your power. So then he's going to stab Usagi. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, nope, like, fuck all of you. You're you're all jerks and assholes and I hate you all. And then he like gets ready to like stab Usagi with like a million things. But then... And we get the best line in the movie because uh, there's a, a, a it fades to black and you get that red like slash across it, and then uh, you see that all of these spines that he has shot out have somehow all missed Usagi. It's not like they stopped; they all just went around her body. That's a beautiful shot, by the way, with her lying there like dazed and zoned out, like gasping for breath, and like it's really beautiful. Like this movie is taking it up a notch. Yeah, no, it's super good. And then it cuts back to Fiore, and he has a single rose sticking out of his chest. And he goes, Memoru threw a flower at me. It's over. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because that is exactly what happens to every monster, but nobody ever says it in those terms. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I got hit with a rose. Clearly I'm finished. Well, then the flower egging him on is like, go after him, and Fiore says... We're like brothers. We've shared the same pain. I can't go after him. Yeah, brothers. That's what they're like. <laughs> Just like brothers. Cousins. We're cousins. They're like cousins. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Mamoru has ever thrown a flower into a bad guy before. Like, it sticks right into his chest. Like, usually it's like it slashes their hand or it knocks something out of their hand. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember him, like, just being, like, rose to the heart. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he has. He has to have. There's been a hundred episodes. Can we underscore this with Kiss from a Rose, by the way? Of course, as always. Good. Baby. I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. Ooh, the more I... Oh, yeah, you have the cover of it. Use your cover. We Perfect. played it. We played it last time we talked about that. We'll do it again. 
<laughs> Fiore collapses down, and then all the flowers die. Basically, they like they like vanish, leaving the the asteroid barren mm-hmm. uh, as it hurtles uh, past the moon and towards Earth. Yeah, you now know? it's going to crash into Earth because Fiore yeah. comes back and his eyes are red, which means he's like completely overtaken by the flower, and he's like, "Well, the meteorite's headed to Earth, so y'all are fucked, and my plan is still going to happen." Ha ha. Yeah. So the asteroid breaks up. They're on a giant piece that's like plummeting directly towards Earth. Where are they? What are they breathing? I was, I was going to save that for the end. Okay. I was going to save that for the end. Oh, we sorry. were driving home from the theater when we saw this, uh, and I was talking to Aiden, and I said, hey, you know what I really liked about that movie is that at no point in the process of making this film did anyone go, hey, can the Sailor Scouts breathe in space? <laughs> like, that discussion just never happened. <laughs> Again... If there are plants growing there, there has to be an atmosphere. Yeah, like CO2 and all that. There is definitely not. (laughs) Then plants wouldn't grow there. (sighs) Fiore, like, there's only one flower left, and it's the flower that Fiore is wearing, uh, and it's the naked lady flower. It's the uh, Kinesian flower, and it takes over his mind. Cassinian. Cassinian flower. The Xena flower. And uh, Fiore is like, the flower goes like, well... Uh, if all my flowers die, like, I'm probably gonna die when this thing hits the atmosphere, so, uh, I'm just gonna kill all of you with me, so, haha, fuck you. Well, no, because the flower will land to Earth and still be able to pollute the Earth. It'll take longer, but it'll still be able to achieve it. So it's like, well, we're gonna crash land anyway. Fuck it. So then, Usagi rises from her grave. Yeah, I, I wrote, I literally wrote, Zombie Serena rises from the grave in my notes. <laughs> fucking altered beast style and the silver crystal on her locket opens up and like she's she's blank eyed she's like like just holding her arms out and everybody's like oh shit no usagi don't use the silver crystal you'll die and then usagi's like only way for everyone to survive is i gotta use this silver crystal in the dub she goes um why why else do i even have this crystal guys it's fine it's like it's like from uh <laughs> Like the Emperor's New Groove. It's like, pull the lever. Wrong lever. Why do we even have this lever? Like, why else would I have this crystal but to use it? It's this very dramatic scene in the original Japanese where she's like, it's the only way for everyone to survive. But in like the English dub, she's like, it's cool. <laughs> like she yeah. literally says, it's cool. Yeah. And then she turns to her friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like, she turns to her friends in the world of the film, but she actually turns to the camera and looks at us, the audience, and goes... Is all right. I won't die. <laughs> Which I love because, like, there's going to be so many babies in the audience <laughs> for this movie. And then Fiore grabs her by the pussy and stops all that shit. No. As a way of shutting all that down. Well, he doesn't shut it down. Um, this is the part, Allison, this is the part where you're correct in saying she's 100% naked. Yeah. Because he grabs her crystal and the ribbon, like, you know how it's ribbons that make her outfit? All of the ribbons. Yeah fly off of her body and she's naked and the ribbons are flying back because they're shooting through space at a million miles an hour to be fair it looks cool as shit oh totally oh, hell yeah. it, it looks really nice yeah uh, um, let's uh, let, i'm gonna put that hold on i'm just gonna put that down it looks cool as shit chris sims regarding 14 year old naked girl okay <laughs> jordan <laughs> god damn it <laughs> just 
like ribbons. Ribbons are great. You're absolutely Chris right. Chris Sims, I just like ribbons. Jordan D. White, ribbons are great. You're right. <laughs> We're in agreement. Total agreement. I like ribbons too. He grabs her by the silver crystal. Like he, mm-hmm. he's like grabbing the silver crystal. Which is weird because in the context of the transformation, we only ever see the crystal and we only ever see these ribbons and we only ever see them transform in like a void space. Like they're not in the like you know, it's all debatable whether they're physically present in the world or they kind of right. blip in and out. But it's like more of a metaphorical transformation than every time this happens, she flies in the air and the ribbons pop out. But like he grabs her and he's holding on and there's ribbons in the world. It's very, it's a very interesting take. It's the first mm-hmm, time we've mm-hmm. seen it. There's one other time on the show where we see her kind of untransform mm-hmm. and it like turns into the ribbons from the transformation sequence. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I always think that's kind of cool because we n- almost never see it. But it's still a very cool effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Usagi, like, in her endless beneficence, looks up at him and goes, Hey, it's okay, you're not alone. You were, you were never alone. And then we find out... This is the best. This is the best, guy. This actually is really cool. And I say that as, like, I am a, I am anti-Mamoru. I am anti-Miracle Romance. Uh, I am... But this is, like, actually really cool. Um, this whole thing has happened... Because, and we see it at the beginning of the film, we see, we flash back to it like two or three times over the course of the movie. This whole thing happens because Mamoru gave Fiore a rose. Mm -hmm. And nobody questions that. Like, at least I didn't question it at all because he's Mamoru. Like, of course, like roses are his thing. Mm -hmm. Like, he always has roses. So it wasn't a question for me of where he got that rose until we cut to a scene. And it's little Mamoru in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And we pull back. And there's a girl in the hospital with him. And it's baby Usagi. It's like yeah. three-year-old Usagi. So little little her hair tiny, buns. Her tiny little Adongos. Really little hair buns. And she's like, hey, hey, dude, why are you sad? And he's like, oh, I've got a, I've got a friend who's going away. And Usagi goes, well, I'm here because my brother's being born. Like, I'm a big sister starting today. And I brought him these roses as a present. And so you can have one. And she gives Mamoru a rose. So the reason Tuxedo Mask has roses and the reason that, like, Mamoru has roses as his signature is because he got them from Usagi. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love that. Like, even in this context with, like, Mamoru being, like, eight and Usagi being three, there's, like, nothing, like, weird or or romantic about this. It's just they met when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And they had a connection even then. And that's like really, really cool. I really love that. It's like in What Dreams May Come. Do you guys remember that movie? Yes. And so they're dead and he's in heaven and then his wife kills herself because she misses him and she's she goes to hell because it's kind of closely follows the Bible to some extent. Apparently, apparently suicide puts you in hell and he saves her and then they're in heaven together and they're like, let's go live our lives again. And they go they get zapped back into the to earth and they're kids and they meet as kids and you know that they're going to like be in each other's lives. And it's so reassuring. And ugh, I love things like this. Like, cause they don't know they're like kids. They're not going to exchange their digits. Like here's my cell. Call me. Like, I'm three. <laughs> but like, they probably don't see each other again until season until one, episode one. Yeah. yeah. And they don't see each other again for another 11 years. Do they you even? Know? I don't even know if they even recognize each other or remember this moment with no. them until like right now. Like they don't go, "What's your name?" I'm. I live here. I'm going to see yeah. you. Like they never learn each other's names. 
Right. I, well, I think Usagi says, I, I think she might say, uh, starting today, Usagi's going to be a big sister. Right. Like, but, but she never asks him, like, his name. And, like, it's clearly not a thing that he consciously remembers. Because he didn't right. even really remember Fiore. Like, he thought Fiore yeah. was a figment of his imagination. Right. But, like, I, like, it's such a good, it's, you know, the. It's so beautiful. We've talked a lot on the show about, like, the miracle romance and the idea that they're destined moon lovers and how that kind of, like, cheats a lot of things. Like, they, they, it feels like they end up being together just because they're supposed to be together and not for any mm-hmm. other reason. But this pays off that idea so well. Yeah. Like, I really, really love this. Oh, I'm, like, already starting to cry. <laughs> so then Fiore sees this memory and he realizes that the flower, the, the rose that he got from Memoru didn't just come from Memoru. It came from Usagi. So it came from this, like, not just this, like, it's an act of, of pure friendship. Like, it, it's, it's Usagi. It's, like, it's, pure, it's love. It's yeah, pure it's, love. It's this pure act of love for another person. And he's like, and like the flower is yelling at him because it's like, no, don't listen. Don't like kill her. But he's like that in that movie, he realized like, oh, no, like this person who I've been assuming would turn on him and deceive him like is is not about that at all. Like this is I I have mistaken Usagi for a mere human. And he he, he just thought she was someone who was trying to take Darian away from him when actually she was there for him from the start. Like she gave him a rose. Like it's not like Darian. She she's not like oh I'm gonna steal you from your friend. It's like I'm sorry your friend's leaving. I'll support you. I'm, I'm I can stay. Like and and it's love. And he starts to cry. And then the Cassinian flower like die. The flower fizzles away and then is dead and is gone. And Fiore also dissolves into glitter, and he goes away too. And then Serena is Moon Princess Serenity, and she has the dress, and she's beautiful, and she's confident, and she's strong, and and like the silver crystal. And it's this thing where like it's like a lot of times female characters don't get to be aggressive, right? They don't get to be like active and like and like fight. And there's a part of mm-hmm. me that's like. That, like really wanted to see Sailor Moon like defeat the bad guy in this instead of just because you know he reaches out he grabs her she's on her knees she's essentially like naked with these ribbons stripping around her and it's something that could like super easily veer into creepy and like honestly kind of arguably does because she does like because she just looks up at him and she's like she's like no I'm not gonna fight you like you're al- you're alone but but I love you but it's so Usagi it's like so Sailor Moon to defeat this hatred and suspicion with this like with love this this love you know like this not this not like passivity but like sailor moon being like no 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 like you don't know what you're talking about love is real and it exists around you and then he when he pulls his hand away and the silver crystal has bloomed into its like flower shape like it's really good <laughs> it's like it's super yeah. good it's a really powerful moment and it's not a fight scene as you were saying it's not like a big bang it's not it's just a realization and it it's so beautiful and the, so the crystal comes out of her um out of her locket and it's like a crystal in the form of a crystal rose and it shoots out light that encircles the planet which has like crumbled up and is just like a meteor like a little platform that they all barely fit on and is still hurtling towards earth and so the crystal 
surrounds the thing with light and then Usagi demands that the crystal protect them and protect the earth and then Darian turns into Prince Endymion who comes up behind her and holds onto her arm and short shoulder and he's like supporting her and the scouts all <laughs> the, <laughs> the part that's coming up is when I started actually crying while watching this um oh yeah i got i, I got like super like in the theater oh yeah like i i will guarantee you i was not the only person getting like mega emotional like as soon as usagi when her eyes kind of snap open and then like she she holds out the crystal and transforms into princess serenity like that like people like i am sure like because i was like losing it well for me it was the next what happens next the montage yeah the friend montage <sighs> So good. So basically, it goes back and it revisits specifically every single scene that we just saw them flash back to the sad moments. And we see like the next moments mm. of Yusagi using her superpower, as we've always said, her her super friendship power. So like when everybody's like, oh, you know, that's that's Mizuno. She's you know, she spends all her time studying. She thinks she's better than everybody. Like you see Yusagi being like, oh, my God, you got like a perfect score. That's fucking awesome. No, we have Ami <laughs> on the beach and Serena snatches her book from her and she's like, I insist that you stop studying and have fun, please. And she's like, OK. And they have a like fun on the beach. Like she's never been like a kid. She's always been studying and she's always been working so hard. And no one's ever told her that she could have fun and be a kid. And then with Ray, she remembers when she's been doing all of these chores at the temple after school, she goes to school all day and then she's doing all of these chores. And then Usagi's like, you're, I mean, you must be really tired from these chores, but like, come take some time off and have fun and like, hang out with me and be a, be a kid. And then Lita remembers being new at the school and Usagi comes up and says, your food that you're eating looks amazing that looks so good and then lita says aren't you scared of me and and then usagi says should i be oh sorry and the great thing about this is they're specific moments from the series so far like when we see usagi and ami on the beach usagi's in her uh oh, like, her, her, her whole mind <laughs> she wears guys I'm yeah. like, she fixes up with the ribbons i can't believe i'm crying again yeah it's like oh really God. good and then with um with Mina, she was getting made fun of for trying to look like Sailor V and being a loser and not being too haughty. And then Mina, her memory is how excited Usagi, Usagi was like, I can't believe I'm actually meeting Sailor V. I'm so, this is so cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. And it's like this, like this little, they're all so insignificant, these moments. They're such blips in the grand scheme of the show. But like, it just reminds you that like, these people are friends. They have people in their lives who care about them. And that's so profound. We don't even like, oh by the way, the song that's playing in Japanese, it has, like, as the asteroid is breaking up, the line in the song is, it's moon revenge. <laughs> Yeah, but is it at all what is happening right yeah. now? But it is pretty awesome. I, I was looking at the lyrics to that song, and it's talking about like a tattoo that reminds you of, and it's like, what the fuck is this talking about? <laughs> a tattoo that engraved predictions right. of fate. Quick, back to making fun of things so we can all stop crying and being sentimental. <laughs> Quick, bury this emotion. Everybody uses their. You know, Jupiter star power, Venus star power, all that. They've already transformed, but they call out their transformation again. Yeah, and so all of their, like, energies unite. And we don't even, like, 
I thought it was hilarious in the movie theater that we didn't actually see them like land the asteroid. Oh uh-huh. no. But like we don't need to, you know? We do see the silver crystal shatter. We well, see we're, not, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Because the meteorite diverts. They don't right, they don't land the, the asteroid. We don't know how they get down. Because that you're thinking she's gonna use this power, she's gonna guide it down safely, and they're all gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not what happens, because then we cut back to them, and they're f- the asteroid is floating in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get a truly kind of amazing line from Chibiusa, because like we cut to to the cats and Chibiusa sitting on the roof, mm-hmm. and they're like, they're like, uh, like I mean, they have to be watching, you know, like yeah. a meteor shower, because right. that's what's happening. Like the meteor's broken up, uh, the asteroid's broken up, and uh, and Luna's like, God, I hope she's okay. And Chibiusa says, and, and this line got some laughs in the theater, but I do kind of like it. Chibiusa goes, it's okay. Usagi's everybody's mom. And I <laughs> love that. Because that's not, like, that's not accurate, but it's also 100% accurate. Like, Aww. it's the way Chibiusa would look at Sailor Moon, right? Like, oh, she's everybody's mom. Like, she protects everybody. Well, she's the moon. I love it. I that's really love it. So then, yeah, then we go up to the upper atmosphere. And it's just kind of floating out there in space with Usagi dead. And mm. they're trying to wake her up and she won't wake up. Did they try shoving napkins in her nose and holding her back? No, they don't, they don't <laughs> do that. Uh, Mars calls her a liar for saying she was going to be alive. Mm-hmm. But everybody starts crying. And then Fiori shows up again and yeah. says, you guys saved me. Thank you so much. And in return, I'm going to give a flower. I'm... But does he really show up? I think he just shows up kind of like in like... Memoru's mind or like uh-huh. in Memoru's and this is the part that's kind of weird and fun like because okay so he gives he he takes the the flower he finally gives Darian a flower for him it finally happens this is what all he has been trying to do the reason for him going to space and picking up this dangerous thing is so he can give a flower back to Memoru and he finally does and this flower is the flower of his life yeah so he's gonna yeah. die and it's a yeah. water lily and if he, but if he gives the nectar of this flower to Sailor Moon, that she'll live. Now, so then Memoru kisses the flower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this also, this got a real big laugh. <laughs> the and then, well, and then he kisses it. Sailor Moon. Because he, he, you know, he just kisses Fiore's flower and sucks out the nectar and then, give, and then gives Usagi the nectar from his mouth. Yeah, so he's spitting in her mouth in this Well, scene. here's the he's... thing. PDA is really frowned upon in Japan, so they're finally far enough away from Japanese society <laughs> that he can finally kiss his girlfriend. And spit nectar into her mouth. Oh. Um, I'll tell you. because And this is like a very famous image of them kissing. I've seen this a zillion times. Yeah, yeah. And I never realized when I was looking at it all those times that he's spitting in her mouth at the time. And then Fiore <laughs> fucking backflips into space and is never seen again. Well, he dies. He's turning into, he's kind of circling into the, when we see him as a kid and he's lost in space, floating around, he's in like a bubble and fetal position. And we see him right. kind of somersault backwards and de-age, for, like his life is is leaving him in reverse and he's going back to being a kid and he's in the bubble and he floats away. And the hope is that like maybe He'll start over and f- maybe find another planet and someone else to be kind to him, another lost boy without friends and be his friend. And maybe he'll not pick an evil flower next time. Yeah. Speaking of Moon Revenge, though, like so the song Moon Revenge is like this really intense song. like, But like during 
the bringing her back from the dead scene, it's the same. It's it's like a a, a, a like a a slower piano like tenderer version of it, but that literally does feature them at the end going moon revenge, <laughs> which is like they brought her back from the dead. That's the moon revenge. Okay. Yeah, Weird. can't kill the moon. Moon will get its revenge on you. <laughs> Moon's fine. Moon's gonna come back. That's a very pleasant moon revenge. You know, living living well is the best revenge. So it gets to live with her. <laughs> Fiori backflips into space. Usagi comes back to life. The silver crystal reforms on her chest. Everybody's like crying, laughing because they're so happy. The motherfuckers are still on an asteroid in space, yeah. heading towards the Earth. The end. movie. No, no, ends. no, no, no. Not heading towards Earth. It stopped. It's in orbit now. They're, They're still fine. in space. I guess they can sailor teleport back. But like... I mean, they did specifically say they didn't have the energy. So they're going to camp out for the night. They're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. When they're rested the next day, they're going to teleport back. Yeah. The mm-hmm. movie ends without the Sailor Scouts getting back to Earth, which I think is whole. Yeah. Like, it cut to credits, <laughs> and I was dying. I... <laughs> but yeah, that is that is Sailor Moon R, colon the movie, colon the promise of the rose. Oh. And I feel like we learned a lot. Uh, so now it's time for us to take away our lessons from it. It's time for Sailor oh, Businesses. Uh, Allie, we'll start with you. What did you learn from this movie? I learned that just uh, don't pick flowers. It sh- it never ends well. That's kind of a real... I also learned that I will cry during sentimental moments of friendship because I am a goober and friendship is really oh, important. There like, is nothing wrong with being emotionally affected by this movie. It's a uh, it's extremely good. It was really good. I really liked it. Jordan, what movie. did you learn from this movie? Oh Jesus. Um <laughs> what did I learn? I learned the joy of a a, a cat using a mouse to use a computer. <laughs> which was pretty affecting. On that me. was a good joke. <laughs> it was really cat good. Using a mouse. Do you think they ever have moments when the cats are trying to use the computer and they like their basic instinct overcomes them and they like, like they have the mouse in their mouth and she's like, Artemis, you're a fucking or, idiot. And Artemis is like, sorry, I can't help it. I would love to see like Artemis using the mouse and like Luna trying to bat at the cursor on the screen. Right, that's what I was going to say. Absolutely. Artemis <laughs> doing more, uh, more like cat shit. Like, do they do? Could you stop them with a with a laser pointer? I think so. What is moon halation but a very powerful laser pointer? (laughs) Chris, what did you learn? Uh, I learned the Sailor Moon can breathe in space. Sure. Which I did not know before, but now I know. There's an atmosphere. There's clearly not. (laughs) You can't grow flowers with no atmosphere. Space flowers. Final thoughts on the movie. Uh, Wait, Chris, what did you learn? Thumbs up. No, I, I just said I, just I learned said he, that she can breathe in space. Oh, sorry. That was Chris. That wasn't me. You see? <laughs> That's not what I meant. Still. I, I thought you were just tangent. Sorry. Final thoughts on the movie. Uh, first of all, this is my favorite Sailor Moon thing. It was really good. Yeah, this movie's really good. And it's got everything you want in a Sailor Moon. Because it has like, you know, I mean, you know me, like I like the Monster of the Week stuff. And it kind of has like monsters of the week like what is the the flower but a monster of the week 
but it also has like a big connection to the miracle romance. It's got like sweeping stuff. It has stuff that you never see in any other episodes. The scouts go to space. They, mm. they do attacks that we've never seen before. They do new, they have, there's new animation. It's moving. It's action packed. It's like really like it will bring you to tears. There's a bunch of funny, goofy stuff in it. For it being essentially the length of three regular episodes, because it's just over an hour long. It's 62 mm-hmm. minutes long. It's everything. It's everything you want on a Sailor Moon. It's it's amazing. It really is the best. Well, now we know why. Now we know why Sailor Moon R sucked because they were they were all the good people were working on this apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's one really interesting thing about this. Um, Aiden, who has been on the show before, she's watched. Every episode of Sailor Moon with me up to where we are, like episode 103 in the in the timeline. Uh, she mm-hmm. hates Usagi. Oh, like you, you, she's been on the show. Like she lo- she loves Ray. She hates Usagi. She thinks Usagi's a useless crybaby. Oh, walking into this theater, we got in the car and we were driving home. And Aiden says, hey, I get Usagi like for the first time. Like I, I understand her because of this movie. Yay. This movie has like the best usagi stuff and again it's got everything you want like she doubts herself she's worried she's concerned for her friends and memory but then she saves the day by being usagi like she say and you find out that it's it's not just because they knew each other on the moon that they're together that there's like another connection that goes back i fucking love this movie it's great uh ali your final thoughts my final thoughts were i also loved this movie and i'm i'm shocked that i haven't seen it um, and I'm I'm glad that I didn't see it in theaters, and I'm glad that this was my first experience with it. Um, I haven't really had a chance. I actually, um, it's been a busy weekend for me, and I just woke up early this morning and watched it. So I haven't really had a chance. This is me unpacking all of my feelings about it. And I thought it was beautiful. And everybody was, I didn't hate any characters. I didn't roll my eyes at any of it. I, I mean, it's fun. Like we all, we, we got someone on Twitter a while ago who kind of called us out for our Xena podcast about how like we're so flippant about everything. It's like, don't you even like the show? And I get that there's a lot of humor to be found in things that we like and roast, you know, roasting the time honored tradition of dragging the thing you love because otherwise you would just sit here and gush about it for the rest of our lives. And nobody wants to listen to that. Um, They just want to contribute with their own love. And so for the sake of conversation, it's fun to laugh and it's fun to be silly and it's fun to be goofy and we definitely had a lot of moments where we could play this up but what it really comes down to is that we like this is good this is a good thing it's a good movie for a good show that we like yeah i mean it would like it literally like i was laughing at how goofy it was and how silly it was but then i like like i cried you know like it's it's extremely emotional uh jordan thoughts I loved it. Uh, yeah, it was so good. It it made us so happy. It has beautiful animation. Yeah, just no, nothing to not like about this movie. I feel really honored and like flattered that you guys had me back for it, actually, because I know you only have so many episodes of Sailor Business. I've had some good ones, and it's been great. And I've got I've got our own podcast. I want to leave, you know, I don't want to be like, well, keep having me back as a guest. I've got to be on every other episode. Like, you can't not have me. But then you guys were doing this movie and asked me to be <laughs> on it. It's all about me, guys. Come on. And so I was really excited to have another go at the Sailor Business, at the Sailor Business guys, because you both are really cool people, and I like chatting with you. Oh, thank you. 
Yay. I like if anyone out there missed it when it was in theaters, like the the seeing it in a theater was an amazing experience. I thought um, so. Thanks again to Viz for uh, providing me with a, a, a ticket to to go see it in Raleigh. But like when this comes out on DVD, uh, if you haven't seen this, and you know you probably haven't because it was on VHS and DVD like briefly around two thousand, but then those are long out of print. So if you're a relatively new fan of Sailor Moon or if you missed them the first time around, you're kind of out of luck. Uh, But if you haven't seen this, absolutely like grab it and like get friends together and watch it. If you've got friends who like Sailor Moon or like, or if you've got a friend who's like, Hey, what's the deal with Sailor Moon? Like what's Sailor Moon all about? Like, this is it. This is Sailor Moon 101 uh, (laughs) is as good as it's going to get. If you're a fan of Sailor Moon and you haven't watched it yet, I'm sort of surprised that you listened to both episodes. I, I mean, all the way to the end. I hadn't seen it until until last week. You know? No, I know, but but I, that's what I'm saying. Like to the people who don't watch Sailor Moon and listen to our podcast, of course they've listened to this. But to the people who actually like Sailor Moon but haven't seen the movie, I'd be shocked if they listened to it without watching it first, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean that would be kind of surprising. But like, if you are one of those people, <laughs> go go watch, watch this. It. In fact, great. don't watch R the series. Watch this and and just skip. <laughs> like skip. <laughs> like watch Sailor Moon. Watch Sailor Moon R the movie, and then watch Sailor Moon S. <laughs> you, you, get, <laughs> you lose nothing. And then we'll let you know. We'll get back to you on Sailor Moon S. Uh, so yeah, that does it for our extra long, extra size special review of uh, Sailor Moon R the movie, The Promise of the Rose. Uh, Allie, before we get out of here and I go do some grocery shopping, <laughs> where can people find you online? You can follow me on Twitter at Allie Stock. Only I spell it like a New Yorker, so it's at A-L-L-Y-S-T-A-W-K. You could listen to Chris Sims and myself and a variety of guests talk about Xena Warrior Business. I mean, Xena Warrior Princess on our podcast, Xena Warrior Business. We're on Twitter there as well, at Xena Warrior Biz with a Z. Um, I'm also at allisonstock.com if anyone ever needs pictures taken of anything. I'm on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. And our producer, Jake Mason, he's also on Twitter. Uh, he's at JJ underscore Mason. Uh, if you follow him there, you can hear him talk about other podcasts that he does, like the Morphin Grid and Cool Kids Table and Pokemon World Tour it's and Pokemon World Tour United. Yes, what? JJ Style! <laughs> <laughs> I had to have a Yuri on Ice reference in this part, too. Okay. I had to do it. I'll take your word for it because I don't I get it. I had to do it. Hey, Chris! What about you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter as the ISB, and you can also go to the-isb.com to find links to all the comics I write, all the columns that I do at Comics Alliance, all the uh, uh, podcasts that I do, this show, Xena Warrior Business, Warwick and Ajax, Movie Fighters, listen to them all. Uh, you can also, we have not mentioned this on the show, patreon.com slash sailor business if you want to support the show. How about that? Oh, yeah. Let me see if we got any new Patreons while we were we, Did, Patreons. We, we, Patreon. we were thanking them. At the beginning no, of this didn't. episode, weren't we? Nope, that no, was that was last, last episode. Oh, oops. Uh, but yeah, if you like the show and you want to support it, you can give as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you can get uh, bonus content and cut content at $5. And uh, there's an enamel pin that's going to be coming 
in the next couple months at the $15 level, if you feel like backing there. Uh, plus, uh, we are now doing Sailor Business mini-episodes because we reached that milestone goal. If we get to $750, we will be doing Xena Business mini-episodes. Plus, we have other milestone goals like uh, doing Let's Plays of the Sailor Moon video games and the Xena video games. And if we get to, I think it's $1,400 a month, James D'Amato will run me and Allie through an adventure using the Xena Warrior Princess RPG from the 90s. Can I play too? No. no. Oh. Yes. Yeah, you sure. Can play as Argo. <laughs> uh, can I play as Luna? In in Xena, the role playing game? Well, that no. sounds good to me. If we do a crossover, that's going to have to be a much more expensive. Uh... We would all we would all be banned. I still have my my character sheet from when I played Sailor Moon. I'll just use that. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't heard us, we've had some some people ask about it. If you haven't heard us play the Sailor Moon RPG. Uh, that was part of the One Shot RPG podcast. So go find the One Shot RPG podcast in your uh, pod catcher of choice and give that a listen. That was super fun. Uh, uh, James Two ran episodes. that game uh, and uh, Sailor Business All-Star Cat Cool was uh, Sailor Venus along with me as Jupiter and uh, Jordan as Usagi. Wait, I want to listen to this. I've actually you never, pl- I've actually, I've role played in life, like playing pretend, but I've never played a tabletop <laughs> role, like character sheets, like what like i've never done this so if we get our next goal for um for xena warrior business not only is it fun to listen to people play a game apparently but it's also (laughs) fun to listen to a person discover this world that they did never that they've never done anything to do with you should listen to our our episodes they're really funny and 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 you should check out his podcast in general the one shot rpg podcast Mm -hmm. once more for the cheap seats in the back uh yes uh one shot rpg podcast uh, i think that's it that does it back us on patreon it would be super awesome of you give us a rating interview on itunes tell a friend and absolutely watch sailor moon R the movie uh we'll be back with uh episode 103 of sailor oh, moon chris. S. oh chris i'm so sorry what i'm so sorry the name you're about to read we will be back next week with episode 103 of oh, no of Sailor Moon S, which is called The Arrival of a Tiny Freddy Guardian. Uh, Have fun! <laughs> Until then, keep your mind on Sailor Business. Shy? You mean stuck up. Well, whatever she is, she looks like a total snore. Oh, look at her trying to look like Sailor V. 